and welcome to another episode of the Scrum Cast. I'm Jade Meskill. I'm Roy Vandewater. I'm Derek Neighbors. I'm Drew Lesweer. And I'm Clayton Langelzigic. So uh, this week I had somebody ask me, uh, they, they had just formed a new team, they're building a new product, and they heard about this Scrum thing, and they really want to implement it. And you know, their question to me was, where do we start? So let, let's talk a little bit about you know, starting Scrum from ground zero. I've heard of Scrum. Uh, you know, I think it's cool. I think it's the way to go, but I don't know anything about it. What do you do? So I, I think it makes sense to start with retrospectives. I think we've talked in the past that with Agile... Like What's a retrospective? So we start with <laughs> weekly meetings in which we review the last week and think of how we can do things better. Why every week? Why not every week? <laughs> Who runs this meeting? Whoever's in charge of the new team. Who is in charge of the new team? I don't know. I assume there's somebody in charge. Whoever asked Jade the question. Who's the team? Yeah, yeah so I think that's one of, the, one of the first things you can do is identify the roles, right? Who's a product owner? Uh, who's a What's a product at? owner? I'm talking from I mean, ground zero. So I've heard of Scrum. Mm-hmm. Where do I begin? Well, I mean, that's, that's a problem. Like, you have a lot of roles that need to be identified. Like, where, I, where it, do I it, find it, information about this? Okay, yeah, look up. I mean, the, you're not going to be able to afford to go to a Scrum training class if you're a startup trying to figure this out for the first time. There's, okay, so. There's the Scrum uh, primer or primer, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it, it's like a two-page document. It's very simple, basic. You know, what is Scrum? What are the roles? What are the ceremonies? What are the artifacts? And that's where I would start. Awesome. Have everybody read that. So, and that's what I told them to do. <laughs> Good. So you would, you'd start with a primer and just learn the basic elements of what makes up a scrum team right. and what are the ceremonies involved right so, you know i i guess when i think about it i i question like how how i mean do we do we you really want to be advocating scrum to people just because they've heard that scrum is this cool new thing and how do we know that scrum is or isn't uh, viable for their organization and you know where they're at i, I can think of at least one organization we've kind of dealt with at one point and uh, you know, when the, we're kind of asked, like, why are you really, what, what's your goal of doing Scrum? And the answer was, I don't know. The, to implement Scrum, that's the project, is we have to implement well, Scrum. Well, it was to implement the Agile. Right. And and I guess what I mean by that is, you know, are, are there things that you could take to an organization or suggest an organization um, that could get them to start thinking about some of the principles behind Scrum before they necessarily jumped in and said, we're ditching whatever we're currently doing and going full bore into Scrum, doing absolutely everything Scrum-based. And the only reason I say that is I think when we say, just go look at the primer, right? Somebody looks at that and thinks, well, in order to do Scrum, I have to do everything on here, which is true. But the question is, do you have to do Scrum in order to improve your team? Could you do just a retrospective and improve your team? Could you do just a stand-up and improve your team? Could you, you know, do just a planning meeting and improve your team? I, like, I think at some point you would have to do more, but I've seen a lot of teams that they don't even talk to each other. Like, I mean, just talking to each other would be an improvement to their team. So I think those are really good points. But let's just imagine that you don't have hours and hours to coach and counsel them on what it is that they need to do. They, they've expressed an interest in going this particular direction, um, 
And, you know, I, th- I think it's very difficult. I think it's easy to say from your perspective that, yeah, you maybe you don't need all these pieces, but they're not going to know that. And, and unless they have someone that's experienced working with them and, and helping them along, they're, they're not going to have that context to understand that, hey, we just really need to start by doing stand-ups. Right. right. The, you're not going to have that insight into what their team makeup is, and they're not going to be able to share that with you in passing. So then my recommendation would be that if you've decided to go with, uh, go with Scrum as your like Agile framework, then you follow it strictly and don't take just pieces out of it. Because if you don't have the experience to uh, know which pieces and uh, why they exist and what impact they have, then um, you probably don't have the experience to make that decision I think human nature will tend to kind of avoid the difficult things. And I think Scrum, uh, there's some parts of Scrum and some some of the ceremonies that specifically expose those difficult things. And it almost seems like it's those ceremonies that produce the problems when really they're uncovering the problems. And I think that if you don't have the experience to see that, oh, it's it's actually an underlying problem and we need to solve this, your natural reaction maybe to shy away from doing that particular thing. Like, okay, we won't deal with having just one product owner because that's, that just doesn't work for us and we're going to... We're going to avoid that because that, that's not it. When really, that's a huge problem for your team, and maybe you should be addressing the problem and not the, what exposed it. Yeah, I, I agree, but it's different between saying follow, you know, if you're going to do the ceremony, kind of follow the strict guidelines of the ceremony versus saying do the ceremony or don't do the ceremony. And I, I guess where I'll play devil's advocate is I've seen teams do virtually every step of the scrum and not do scrum butt and still completely fuck it up. Meaning just, just because you have a planning meeting and you say, you know, what we did yesterday, what we do tomorrow, and any impediments, you can still totally screw that up. Um, you know, I was in a, a planning meeting today where it was, and we said what we did, said what we're going to do, and then we said, here's the impediment, and passed the token to the next person, and nobody talked about actually removing the impediment. That's the Scrum Master's job. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll also... Uh, kind of go against a little bit what you said, Roy. I, I think that different teams are at different levels. And so when you say do everything for Scrum, if you're going to do Scrum, don't pick and choose which ones that you want. I don't sure. know if that's what you said. Well, I, I think I'm more saying that if you're in, like, the, like whoever came to Jade, like if you're in the position where you don't know anything about Scrum mm-hmm. and nobody on your team knows anything about Scrum but you know you want to do it, mm-hmm. I would say you are in no position to pick and choose what works best for you. I, I'd well, say that's a very dangerous choice to be making. I would, well, I would agree with that. But, but I don't... No, go ahead. Oh, I'd also say that if maybe you want to experiment with one feature and you can gain value, like it's true, like you said at the beginning, start with retrospectives. You can gain value over just one aspect or one ceremony or one artifact of Scrum as you transition into it. That's it, true. It depends on, I think, at what the level the team's at and, and maybe how committed they are, you know. So I could, I could definitely see that, like doing like one thing, like adding one thing at a time and measuring what effect it has. And I think that would get you a really good understanding of what that particular thing actually does. Well, I, I think to me it goes back to I think we put way too much emphasis on experts, right? And I, I think that the whole premise of, you know, Agile or Scrum, if you look at it from an inspect and adapt method, is that there is no prescribed real formula. It's really all about saying what are we doing is it working how could we make it better Mm -hmm. um certainly experience helps accelerate that 
And I think to me that's a difference. If you're not willing to invest in training, if you're not willing to invest in you know doing a ton of reading, if you're not willing to invest in you know hiring a company to come in and do coaching or hiring somebody experienced to put them on your team, you're going to have to go through some learning phase. It doesn't matter you know if you read every agile book out there. At the end of the day, when you go to apply it to your team. You're going to run into things, and you're going to make wrong choices. Mm-hmm. I see experts every day make wrong choices, and that's okay. The thing is, how can you iterate over those choices as quickly as humanly possible to speed up an improvement? And I think when you've got more of an expert eye towards things, you can make those, you can make that change happen quicker just because you've seen the patterns before. Um, you know, but I think that we need to stop trying to circumvent learning in organizations. Yeah. So. I feel like some of the stuff that you're saying there in terms of like what the principles are and everything are some kind of based on nuance or <clears throat> your experience. And so, yeah, you know, and, and so I think if you're the average person that says, okay, okay, I heard about Scrum and I want to implement Scrum at my company, they're going to go on the internet and they're going to watch, you know, some videos and read some things and they're going to say, I have to do these 15 things and, you know, like this list and I have to follow this order. And I think that's what they're going to do. They're not going to immediately jump to, okay, I just need to inspect and adapt. Um, I don't think that, I don't think anyone out there that's selling Scrum, or you know, I think most of the stuff out there for Scrum is really promoting Scrum for a commercial reason. You know, like, so here's how you do Scrum, and I know it's very confusing, so come talk to me, kind of thing. And because of that, no one's saying like, hey, you can get started with Scrum by uh, doing this simple thing. You know, just inspect and adapt, and just do a couple things and and see what works and and learn from that. So I, no one's really talking about the nuance of it. So it seems like almost impossible if you were not really um, like part of that culture or part of that community to understand that that was the case and understand there's a different way of doing it. So could you, <clears throat> going off what you're saying there, could you, and, and the situation that I'm that I faced with, uh, could you come in and do Scrum in 10 minutes? Like what, what would that look like? You had 10 minutes to explain Scrum to a team that wants to implement it. Go. Well, it seems like if you did that, then you wouldn't, you know, if you had 10 minutes, you're going to focus on more of the the principal stuff, and then it's not going to look like Scrum necessarily. Um, so I wonder, if you were to do that, then would you be getting some kind of mixed messages? And then where, where you know, where do you go from there? Because if you go look out, if you go seek out the next step, or, okay, we've been doing this for a few weeks now, what do we do now? Now I'm going to go look for Scrum stuff, and it's not the same thing I have learned already. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think some of it is we don't we 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 highlight Scrum is like this panacea or this magic pill that if you just do it right, like all your problems go away. And, and I think that you know if someone were to come directly to me, what I would probably tell them um, is a you know here's some resources, here's the primer, here's you know you might want to read Mike Cohn's you know user stories applied agile estimating planning. You might want to read a couple of you know different books. Um, that you know will help help you accelerate your learning, um, but ultimately you know it's really really simple, but it's really really hard. Don't get discouraged. You know, just make sure that every week you're improving, and as long as you're on the journey towards improving, don't worry about whether your implementation of Scrum is perfect. Um, and I, I I think you know maybe that's the chicken's way out, but I think that the problem that we do is we do this expectation. I don't say this, so we. I think the community has this thing that, like, once you know Scrum, you know, then you have to do exactly Scrum, and you're not allowed to do in Scrum, but, and if you have any problems and you're failing, it's because you're not doing the exact prescribed elements of Scrum, and if you would just do those, you would stop failing. 
And I think that's bullshit. I mean, I think that human beings are involved, and even if you follow the process to a T, you're going to have failures sometimes. And I, I think every human being is different, so every team is composed of multiple humans. You're going to have a unique problem on every single team you're on that no scrum guide can solve for you. And that's, that's definitely true, but I think that the beginner's approach often is to think that every problem you run into is your own unique problem, and it's very difficult to get away from that. It's, it's, without experience, it's impossible really to, to see that this isn't a unique problem. This is actually the problem that the ceremony or whatever was directly designed to address, and it's just exposing the problem. And that's my concern, because I, like, I think the, it's important that you inspect and adapt. It's also important that you start out I feel that you start out with some kind of framework. Like, if you're going to go with Scrum over just going over a set of principles, like Agile in general, then it seems to me that you're interested in having a starting off point, right? So you inspect and adapt, but you start off with something that you can inspect and adapt. So you don't have, like, the blank page problem where you sit in front of the sit in front and you don't know what to try first. At least Scrum gives you something there. But it's it's difficult when to make the call. Uh, it's difficult to make a call afterwards to say like this is working for us or this isn't. Yeah, I would imagine that it's pretty easy to say, you know, the person that came and talked to Jade says they want to do Scrum, and Jade points them in you know the right direction, and then they start doing Scrum, and they get to a point where there's some override, like some issue with, you know, psych- psychological issue with people on the team, and it's just like a that's a totally separate thing that is not necessarily discussed in the primer, and now I think unless they are willing to go above and beyond, uh, maybe they'll go do some more reading and say, like, hey, this is a deeper issue. But if they don't realize that, and then I think then that's how you get into doing Scrum Butt, where it's like, well, we had this problem on our team, which, you know, I didn't read anything in the book that says anything about this, so we'll just we'll change it a little bit. We're still doing Scrum, and then you get to the point where it's like, you know, you're not doing Scrum at all. You're doing this weird bastardization of it. So, so does it matter? What? If, if let's just say I end up going down that road and I learned the very basic principles of Scrum and now I'm changing it to fit our situation, but maybe it's not the quote-unquote right way, does it, does it matter? Well, I mean, it, I guess it doesn't matter in the sense that you're, you would be doing maybe just as bad if you're doing it some other way. It, right? I think it doesn't matter with the one... Uh, the one thing being that you cannot accept uh, stagnation. Like, you cannot be willing to accept that you refuse to improve. Because I think I've seen that before where they, people come up with their own derivative of Scrum and they say, this is our Scrum or this is our method of uh, our process. And then they stop making changes. They stop looking at anything that has changed around them and they just stick with the exact same thing. And see, I, and I, I think that is the problem, right? So, what we tell people right now is go read the Scrum primer and if you implement Scrum, all your problems are solved. So what they'll do is they'll go implement Scrum, and they'll find little things here. Maybe I can't have one product owner, so I have two. Or maybe Scrum doesn't really address, uh, you know, velocity or hours or, you know, something else. And so we kind of roll our baker own based on some anecdotal evidence. And then when somebody comes in and says, uh, you know, we're, we're frustrated we're still not delivering on time. And uh, so we stopped using Scrum because Scrum doesn't work for us. And then you talk to them and you say, well, that's like what you're doing is not really Scrum and you've got these other problems. And, you know, but what happens is people stop inspecting and adapting. So what they'll do is they'll say, you know, here's, I implemented Scrum, didn't work for me, you know, whatever part, right? And so I made this change and that didn't work either. Therefore, you know, I'm going to just stop trying and go back to 
you know, just whatever we were doing before that didn't work either um, because this Agile stuff just doesn't work. And, and I think, you know, the, the crime that we're committing is we're not t telling people that, you know, okay, making the first deviation is actually okay. But when that deviation doesn't work, you should be asking why didn't that deviation work and trying something else. And, and maybe you get to two or three or four deviations before you finally go, ah, light bulb moment, moment. now I understand why the strict version is this. Maybe I need to go back and try that based on what I've learned. Right? And I, I think we, we teach people that it's not okay to make changes to Scrum, which is an, is a novice. I think it is dangerous to do that. I really do. I mean, I would I would recommend try to implement a fairly strict version of Scrum before you make any changes. But if you start to make changes, don't give up if those changes don't work. Keep making changes until you find what works for you. Right. And I, and I think even if you implement the ideal version of Scrum and it feels like it's working good, still keep making changes because it could be better. Well, still inspect and adapt. Well, yes. Maybe right, not exactly. necessarily make changes, right? That's true. So any no, I, actually, I want to take that back. That's not true. I would say even if you are happy with your results, still make changes because what if it could be better and you are just on the other side of the hill and there's no oasis on the other side? I would say even if you feel everything's going great, still make changes and still take risks. So any, any last parting thoughts for new teams looking to you know, implement Scrum or explore Scrum for the first time? Yeah, I... I like what Derek said about you got to understand the underlying principles, and I also liked what you said, Jade, about if you had ten minutes to describe it, what would you what would you say? And so I think we can com combine the both. Nobody's going to learn everything in one go around. The principle of inspect and adapt is inspect and adapt is huge. But if I had ten minutes to dis to describe it to a team, I would talk about the basic principles, uh, you know, of weekly iterations, a deliverable product after each iteration, and teach them the scrum primer and then have them continue to learn and grow and don't don't reject it if it doesn't work the first time around or if it exposes issues the first time around because uh, that's what scrum's all about yeah i think the thing that kind of uncovered this conversation uncovered for me is uh i don't think it's realistic to say how do i implement scrum and then i'm going to tell you what to do and then you're going to go implement scrum i think it's something that you have to I'm going to tell you what to do now, and then you're going to have to keep. We're going to have to keep talking about it. Um, it's going to have to be an ongoing relationship, an ongoing thing. Because as you go through the motions of implementing Scrum and you get the growing pains and everything, um, you're going to need someone to talk to and, and discuss what's happening. And so I think the only way you could say, "I want," you know, "How do I implement Scrum?" is to have an ongoing conversation. I think one thing I would add, too, is to try to get the entire team to be open and honest about their feelings regarding their teammates and especially regarding how they are feeling about the current process because I think it's going to be impossible to successfully implement a, or maybe at the very least extremely difficult, to implement a successful version of Scrum unless you get buy-in from the team. And if you have an entire team of people that are against you, I, I think that that's fighting an uphill battle, and at the very least you should know about it going into that. But I do think that you should promote the honesty and not necessarily like just because they don't agree with you doesn't make them wrong I guess it's like it's better to know how they feel than it is for them to hide it for fear of pissing you off all right well thank you for listening to the scrum cast we'll catch you next time